0: A message of Christ's love from Mission Bay Community Church. Our scripture this night is Psalm 23. We'll have it up here, but perhaps you can recite it along with me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long." Please pray with me. Good Shepherd, feed us with the green grass and the cool waters. May we hear, may we hear you afresh in our hearts. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock, our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So Psalm 23, tell me you've heard it before. Okay, thank goodness. So here's my question. Is this the version you're used to? Partly no. Uh, what? Can you name? Do you, know the, do you know enough about different biblical translations to be able to say, this is not it? Or King James, anybody? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil for thy rod and thy staff. Yeah, does that sound a little bit better? Yes. Okay, so here's a question for you. What associations do you have with Psalm 23? on the wall of the Sunday school room? Yeah, with the sheep and like the tree and the stream and like, it's a beautiful picture. Yeah. yeah, it's a really visual psalm. It lends itself to curriculums and it's one that a lot of churches ask their children, like my church did when I was little, to memorize this. Uh, what other associations do we have? Yeah, Joe? On your wedding ring? Beautiful. Did you happen to use that the psalm in your wedding? Yeah, that one in Psalm 32. thirty-two. Was there? Can you just speak a moment to this? You're the first people I've physically come in contact with who said wedding. I've only heard about this. This is oh, awesome. Oh, that was a long time ago. <laughs> no, no, no. That's awesome. But it was, but it was something that you chose together. And you're still here. Yes. Yeah. That's a good sign. Awesome. So it was for a day of celebration and a commitment. Yeah. A favorite song. Because it, um, the words and the, the life of it uh, brought me through many dark battles. And we, give, and we give thanks. Uh, other, other associations with the song? I was going to go the other way, Little Cards at Funerals. Little Cards at Funerals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll hey. <laughs> <laughs> like your <laughs> okay, <laughs> so m- funeral services, other people with associations. Well, we've pretty much covered it, right? I mean, life and death and great joy. Fabulous. So yes, I was going to say, for me, the and this is kind of more about my life history, as I associate it with death and dying predominantly because... Um, the people who I've worked with at my last church, and I was a, an intern with hospice before I went to seminary, and just given like who I was working with, people in their 80s and 90s and above, like this is like the, was one of those psalms that everyone can recite and it brings comfort, and so it's something that people wanted to hear at deathbeds. It's, um, it's kind of the number one most requested psalm that I got as a pastor for a memorial service. And what I was doing, I was walking with someone who was dying of terminal breast cancer and there was this one moment, Or we were meeting regularly and and she was exhausted and she didn't, she usually would come and tell me you know, all the details of her disease and what had happened that week and she was exhausted and she said, can you just read to me the 23rd Psalm from a couple of different versions of the Bible? And so we did. Because it was comforting. But I love that you know, as I said, I hadn't heard of someone who actually did it in their wedding. People all around the world, all around the globe, know this psalm for all the reasons we're pointing out. It is so comforting, and it is so easy to grab onto. I also read that in some places of the world, they consider this one of the, like, number one social justice psalms, which maybe so. So I thought tonight we would just kind of look at it together and perhaps point out some of the nuances, right? We all kind of have the major words and images, but I would suggest some things to us. Six verses, super powerful. But did you know that this is one of the Psalms? Psalms kind of have categories and they they fall into different categories over what they kind of try to do. And this one falls into the category of a trust Psalm. And no one can push you or convince you to trust God. You have to decide that that's what you're going to do. And I'm just going to assume that we're working towards that on somewhere in that path. And that's what this psalm is about. It's not, that's the whole point of this psalm. And when you look at it in the Hebrew, the middle of the direct center of this particular psalm, there are 26 Hebrew words ahead of it and 26 Hebrew words behind it, the center is, for you, for God, are with me. That's the main claim of our psalm. The main claim is not, well, it's a pretty big claim. I'm just gonna leave it there. Pretty big claim, you are with me. And I'm going to trust you in that relationship. So let's look at the first line. Does anybody have it? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. Here's where it gets a little political. It's not the presidents. It's not a political leader. It's not my dad. It's not consumption. It's not money. It's not me. The Lord is my shepherd which makes me a sheep and pretty dependent, right? The second line, God leads me beside still waters, right? Can I keep going? I like that you uh, gender, gender neutralized that. What is it you like about the gender neutral? I, I'm not sure that I see masculine, parental form as necessarily being always the loving, nurturing kind of person represented? Fair enough. Um, both genders can be loving and nurturing. Both genders can be jerks. All genders can be jerks <laughs> <laughs> or loving, right? We're actually come, I, I want to get to that, so thank you. Put a pen. Uh, God makes me to lie down and greet pastures, leads me beside still waters, restores my soul. God leads me in right paths for his name's sake. God leads to all of these serene places, right? Now what does it mean that it's not God leads me to the desert, or just to a pasture with some green on it? And what does it mean to be in the middle of a hellacious week, and, and wonder where that green pasture is, right? But this is a psalm of trust, that God is leading us towards those things. The next part, Let's go, shall we go uh, old school? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You lead me through the dark valley, through the tragedy. Where does that say God is located? God's in the adversity. God is right there with us. What I like about this is that the promise is not, when you get to the Dark Valley, I'm going to yank you out of it, or when you get to the Dark Valley, good luck, right? It's not a Disney ending, which would be nice sometimes. It doesn't mean we're going to get our way, but it does mean that we're not alone. And that, of course, is where we get our little, the center of the verse. And then it's not just that, it's, uh, did you notice the difference? It went from talking about God, and now in this section, we're talking to God. Did you catch it? It went from third person to second person. Right? So it becomes really intimate, and it's talking about a lived experience. The psalmist, the person who wrote this, is like, I know from experience that when I'm in these terrible places, that you're there. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Did you also notice a shift there? We went from shepherd to the person at the banquets, right? We went from a shepherd to a host. Do you have a preference on which one you would like? Yeah, it doesn't matter. You get them both in the song, right? And both are concerned about your well-being. Oh, I'm sorry, the rod of the staff. That's, uh, that's, the, that's the prior part. and the and the staff, yes. fair enough. But we also know it's a shepherd metaphor, right? So the rod and the staff is what you use to protect your sheep from predators. So the hope is that it's about protection rather than aggression. Thank you. So we have this switch and we have God as a dinner host and in ancient times, I, anointing your head with oil, that's, it took a lot to have money, to have oil, to do something like that. We'll get to that with Holy Week and anointing, right? Or washing or, well, maybe not this week, wrong cycle. Sometimes in Holy Week, we talk about anointing. Um, Your cup overflows. I think that probably speaks today similarly to what it did back then. My cup overflows. And where is this dinner location? Did you notice? Right, once again, we hear that God is with us even when we're near the people that we are afraid of and perhaps for good reason or we are in conflict with. But God is right there. And some would say God is feeding both of you or all of you, right? God is God. Also a little social justice there. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Did you notice that goodness and mercy follow this person? All of the days? Goodness and mercy all of the days. So it's not random, it's not luck, but God is wanting these things for us at all the time. And, of course, dwelling within the house of God is is talking about relationship. It's, again, talking about shelter, protection. And it's talking about, you know, who is in your house, right? Hopefully people you like and you trust and you have a relationship with. So getting back to what Chris was saying, there's a spiritual practice. Are you all familiar with the spiritual practice of taking a psalm and rewriting it? No. Okay, so there's a spiritual practice. You take a psalm and then you look at it and each line you put into your context. It's super cool and it's really interesting. And it's, it's a way of modernizing it. It's also a way of putting ourselves into the psalm. And one person who has tweaked this psalm is Bobby McFerrin. Do we know who Bobby is? Okay, don't worry, be happy. But also he's just an incredibly gifted improv artist. And he tells the story that he was on the phone with his mom, and then he spent the rest of his day with his wife and daughter, and was having a great time. He's a spiritual guy, and he thought, huh, I I see God and I experience God through the women in my life. So I wonder what it would sound like if he changed the psalm to reflect that. So I want to read that one to you. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all I need. She makes me lie down in green meadows. Beside the still waters, she will lead. She restores my soul. She rights my wrongs. She leads me in a path of good things and fills my heart with songs. Even though I walk through a dark and dreary land, there is nothing that can shake me She has said she won't forsake me. I'm in her hand. She sets a table before me in the presence of my foes. She anoints my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely, surely, goodness and kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will live in her house forever, forever, and ever. Of course, he said it to music. You can Google it, it's beautiful. But just in that reading, did anything jump out at you or is there something that you noticed differently? Did the meaning change for you at all in that reading? seeing some yeses, thoughtfulness. So here's what I would like to challenge you to do this week. Sit down with us in whatever translation you want and try for yourself writing it out. What does it look like for you to trust God and to play with some of these metaphors in your life? And then, if you want, if you want to share, I'd love to see what you come up with. I've seen some of these where people have argued with the text and argued with God. And if that's where you are, do it. Right? It's about your relationship. And, and then pray with it and see where it goes. Sound good? You have homework. Not really. But it's, it's a way of practicing our prayers. It's also, it also could be a Lenten devotional. So have fun with it and let me know if you want help, you want to talk about it, or if you just want to share, I'd be happy to take a look. All right, Uh, please pray with me. Good Shepherd, we have uh, all that we need, and we give you thanks, and we ask you to help us to trust you and to grow deeper in our relationship with you and with each other. Walk with us. Continue walking with us. And we give you thanks. Amen. For more information about our church and opportunity to give to our ministry, visit our website, missionbaycc.org.